We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, IB Nation. How's everybody doing today? It is Tuesday, April 11th, and it is time to talk some Notre Dame football, a little bit of national football. What we're going to discuss today is the ESPN ranking of the top 10 quarterbacks returning for college football in 2023. Notre Dame's quarterback, Sam Hartman, was on that list. I'm going to talk about where he ranked on the list. I'll kind of well, and nitpick the list a little bit. It wasn't a terrible list. Uh, I would just arrange it differently, and I'll explain some of the reasons why. And then I'll give my top 10. So I'll give sort of the Irish breakdown top 10 at the end. But I, I think the big thing that I want to talk about first is, you know, I, I know I've gotten a sense from a lot of Notre Dame fans. There's a lot of, I don't want to say skepticism about the season, but I would say maybe not the excitement that I think people should have about the season. And I understand some of the reasons why history, you know, been here, done that. You don't want to get too excited because how many times have you gotten excited about a season before only to see it end in a not so wonderful way or the team comes up short or whatever the case may be. I know that that's part of the reason. Another part of the reason is just the weirdness of the offseason, just sort of the recruiting losses, the just disaster manner in which the coaching searches were done this year by the administration, just some other things like that that I think has created a lot of, uh, I don't know, say, I don't say negativity, but it's really tamped down the excitement that I believe should be existing for this football team. I, I think maybe we're not, as as Notre Dame faithful, not doing a a good enough job, in my opinion, of of balancing the frustration over the process of certain things with the excitement of what exists on the team, what the the coaching staff ended up being. And of course the talent that comes back and the fact that we're talking about Notre Dame having a quarterback that we're not debating whether he should or should not be in the top 10 of e of some ranking that ESPN or somebody else did, but more so, okay, he's in there. Now let's debate where he should be and where should he rank. And so that's a, a, a good place to be. And, and ESPN had plenty of good things to say about Sam Hartman. I'll, I'll read what they wrote and we'll, we'll dive into it. So 
just again going to look over where they had them explain where they had you know give their reasoning why i will then kind of nitpick the list a little bit not just where sam hartman places i will do that first then also just the rest of the list and give my own we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great, which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. With my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com irish. That's athleticgreens.com irish. Check it out. So Sam Hartman on this list of top 10 quarterbacks checked in for ESPN at number seven, which I think is um, it, it's too low for me. Again, I'm going to dive into the ranking. I think that the very lowest, the absolute very lowest that I can justify having Sam Hartman on the list is six. And here, here's what their list was. They had Caleb Williams at number one, Caleb, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, number one. It's a no-brainer. They had Michael Penix Jr. Uh, from Washington at number two, Drake May from North Carolina at number three, Bo Nix from Oregon at number four, Jordan Travis from Florida State at number five, Cameron Rising from Utah at number six, and then, of course, Sam Hartman at number seven, J.J. McCarthy of Michigan at number eight, Jaden Daniels of LSU at number nine, and Jalon Daniels from Kansas at number 10. Now, the first thing that I noticed when I looked at this list is there's nobody from Alabama, there's nobody from Georgia, there's nobody from Clemson, there's nobody from Ohio State on this list. I think that right there is one of those reasons why I'm a little 
excited about this season, not just for a Notre Dame fan, but just college football in general. You know, perhaps we see a bit of a, a power shift a little bit this year. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's going to be certainly interesting. Sam Hartman obviously being on this list is a, is a good thing for Notre Dame. Let's let's dive into the list a little bit, and I'm going to begin with my thoughts on where they have Cam, uh, Sam Hartman. Number one, the thing for me is there's no way, there's no way in my opinion that you can justify having Sam Hartman uh, at numbers uh, below Cameron Rising. But again, I, I think they had good things to say about Sam Hartman. Here's what ESPN wrote. said, some quarterbacks have college careers that go by in a blink of an eye, not Hartman. His accomplishments and experiences could fill two or three careers, and he's not done yet. The ACC's career touchdown passes leader started games in each of the past four seasons of Wake Forest and left as the most productive passer in team history. He now embarks on a final go-around at Notre Dame and a potential push for the college football playoff. Hartman surged in his final two seasons with Wake Forest, piling up 7,929 pass yards and 77 touchdowns. And last fall, finally eclipsing 60% completions. He was at 63.1. He operated a distinct and productive scheme recording 21 career games of 300 passing yards or more and the second highest passing yards in ACC history. His 12,967 is behind only 13,484 of Phillip Rivers of NC State. His consistency is a hallmark, and he accounted for a touchdown in his final 34 games at Wake Forest. I just want to say, before I read this last paragraph, uh, how the consistency thing is the thing that might have me the most excited is just that you you the turnovers will, he'll have to improve upon, but just the consistency where he was productive on just a consistent basis. Here's more. Harmon has been in big games, including the 2021 ACC Championship and won MVP honors of the Gator and Gasparilla Bowls. He also has, fa- he has, also has faced challenges adjacent to football, adjacent to football, excuse me, including anxiety, which he has spoken openly about, and a blood clot that required surgery before the 2022 season. Hartman will enter a brighter spotlight in their name, but he has shown he can handle just about anything at the college level. If he can re- replicate his production this fall, he should get Notre Dame closer to the college football playoff. Now, for me, as I said before, I, I, I with the, looking at the list just immediately without doing a whole lot of deep thought, Sam Hartman flat out needs to be ahead of Cameron rising at number six. I mean, there's there's really no justification, in my opinion, of having Cameron rising being ahead of Sam Hartman. I mean, you, there, there's any metric that you use, uh, wins, production, just there, there's nothing. Cam, Sam Cameron rising is a good game manager on a really good team. Sam Hartman is a guy that had to put Wake Forest on his shoulders and led them to an ACC uh, championship game last year. Look at the production this past season. Cameron Rising threw for 3,034 yards, 7.9 yards per attempt. He had uh, about just under 3,500 yards, of I think 3,399 uh, yards of total offense last season. Uh, and he had 32 total touchdowns, 26 passing, 6 rushing. Sam Hartman last year had 3,701 passing yards, 8.6 yards per attempt. And he had 3,700 and th- or 830 total yards of offense, 39 total touchdowns, 38 passing, and one uh, rushing touchdown. And if you look at the year before, Sam Hartman was over 4,200 yards and had 50 total touchdowns, 39 passing, and 11 rushing. If you look at the career yards of all the guys on this list, Sam uh, Cameron Rising is, is just under 5,600 career yards. He has 58 career touchdowns. 
Sam Hartman has almost 13,000 career passing yards. He's well over 30. He's almost at 14,000 yards of total offense. And he has 127 total touchdowns, including 110. And I know that, uh, you know, Utah had a big one over USC, a couple big wins over USC last year. He plays on a better team. But, you know, Cameron Rising, as I said, is, is a game manager. He's a good game manager. Uh, but Jordan Travis, I mean, excuse me, Sam Hartman should be ahead of him. And matter of fact, matter of fact, in my list, I don't even have Cameron Rising in my top ten. The other reason that I don't uh, that I don't think this one is is to me valid it, it, on the list is because Cameron Rising is also hurt. He tore his ACL in the bowl game, and so I we don't even know if he's going to be healthy. And ESPN did not really give a lot of discussion about what what constitutes where guys are on this list it simply says our writers came together to cast their votes in the top 10 quarterbacks heading into the 2023 season and then it was basically their 12 of uh, 12 of the writers that cover college football voted on it and it was accumulated by by vote by votes and and so i they had sam hartman number seven i think that's i think that's at the very least one spot too low I actually have on my list, and again, as I said, I, I feel like, look, if you're going to sit there and criticize other people's lists, you should at least come up with a list of your own. It's the least you can do, and I don't I don't want to be that guy that doesn't do that. So I came up with my top 10, and I have Sam Hartman at number four, and I think their argument is, is more about are you going to have a number three or should you have a number four? And and it's not a, it's not a NFL draft projection. It's not a – you know, who's the most talented? It's who's going to be the best, and I view best as productions plus wins. I think Notre Dame's going to win a lot of games next year, and I think they're going to win a lot of games next year because Sam Hartman is going to produce a lot next season. So when I when I look at the list too, so ESPN has Jordan Travis at number five from Florida State, Bo Nix at number four. Now, to me, I, I'm actually. I understand why both of those players are where they are, but here's my case for why Sam Hartman should be higher. So I'm just kind of take them comparisons one at a time. I already explained why he should be higher than Cameron Rising. There, there's, you know, there's really even as good as I mean, U.S. or Utah has been back-to-back Pac-12 champs, and and Sam Hartman has as many wins as a starter as Cameron Rising does the last two years, 18 apiece, because they both missed missed some games uh, the last couple of seasons. You look at Cameron Rising compared or Sam Hartman compared to Jordan Travis. Let's that's kind of the next the next comparison. So last season, uh, Jordan Travis ended up ended the season with three thousand two hundred and fourteen passing yards, nine point one per attempt. He also rushed for four hundred and seventeen yards and had twenty four passing touchdowns and and seven rushing touchdowns. So he had thirty one total touchdowns obviously a good season for for jordan travis who's a very i don't know if you haven't had a chance to watch jordan travis i'm, I'm telling you you're going to want to watch this kid he's a lot of fun to watch he uh we we talked about him at, on the irish breakdown show last week me and ryan and I, the comparison i made for folks that are my age uh is joe hamilton he's like sort of a modern joe hamilton if you remember him from joe, georgia tech just a really fun quarterback to watch not sure if he's an nfl guy but he's a really good college quarterback and and a big reason why, not the only reason, because they, they had some transfers that helped them a ton, Trey Benson, uh, Johnny Wilson. Uh, so they, they um, I'm trying to uh, my, uh, pick Michael, I forget what the Pittman's kid's first name is. Michael Pittman's his older brother, um, but the younger brother transferred from Oregon last year as well, had a really good season. So I, I really like what they're doing. 
But if you look at Florida State, Jordan Travis is really the engine that drives that thing. He finished the year with 3,631 total yards of offense and 31 touchdowns. This is not meant to disparage him at all. Uh, but the reason I have Sam Hartman ahead of him is, is several fold. Number one is I, I feel overall O-line, running backs, defense, that that Sam Hartman did not have the supporting cast that that Florida, that Florida Jordan Travis had at Florida State. The receivers are comparable. Well, Sam, Sam Hartman had very good wide receivers at Wake Forest. A.T. Perry is an outstanding player, over 80 catches, almost 1,100 yards last year. Donovan Green's a really good football player. Jamal Banks is a really good football ta- player. Uh, Taylor Moran's a really good football player. Keyshawn Williams are, uh, is another kid that had over 500 yards receiving. They had five receivers last year with over 500 yards receiving. Big part of that is the talent there, but the other big part of that is Sam Hartman did a great job distributing the football. And and so I think the production at, for Sam Hartman was better. If, if you look at, like I said, Jordan uh, Travis, just look at the numbers. 3,631 total yards. That's passing and rushing. And and 31 touchdowns. And then you look at Sam Hartman's production last year. He had 3,830 yards and 39 touchdowns last year. So uh, just a, a shade under 200 more yards uh, than than Jordan Travis had last year. And he had and he had uh, eight, eight more touchdowns. So I think the production was there. The record was comparable. But here's the other thing. It's Sam Hartman beat Jordan Travis. Matter of fact, he's beaten him in the last two years. Uh, this past year at Florida State, Wake Forest went on the road, beat Florida State 31-21 to in a game that wasn't as close as the final score showed. Wake Forest at one point in time was winning 28-7. to Florida State put a couple touchdowns on the board in the fourth quarter to make it 28-21, and then Sam Hartman led a drive that took up like six minutes off the clock, and they put a field goal to put the game away. And then the year before at Wake Forest in 2021, Sam Hartman and uh, Jordan Travis did battle again, and Wake Forest won 35-14. So there's just – and now Sam Hartman's going to have a much better supporting cast all around offense, defense, just the whole whole deal than Jordan Travis, who's going to have a very good supporting cast as well. Uh, but relative to where Sam Hartman was last year. So that's another one for me is I, I think those two factors alone have have it to where I think Sam Hartman absolutely believes d- belongs in there. And then the other thing is, you know, look, Jordan Travis had a really big jump last year, but let's not act like Jordan Travis is some young kid. He was a 2018 class kid as well. And he's also going to be a sixth-year senior this year. He's in the same class that Sam Hartman is. So you can't say, like, well, Hartman's older. and he, They're the same age. They're, they're the same class. Then you compare him to Bo Nix. And I think that the Bo Nix comparison is, is – or the Bo Nix comp is – I think you can make a case for Bo Nix to be ahead of Sam Hartman. And if you were going to sit there and argue with me that Bo Nix should be ahead of Sam Hartman, I wouldn't argue with you too much. I thought Bo Nix had a heck of a year last year. Uh, you all have heard me probably argue with Sean and Ryan before last, during last season when they were they were down on Bo Nix, and I, I loved what Bo Nix was doing, and they eventually came around sort of. But I thought Bo Nix had a great year last year. I, I really do. I think if you look at the numbers, and, and I've used numbers to compare Jordan Travis and, and Sam Hartman, and so you look at the numbers for Bo Nix. Sam Hartman had more passing yards, 3,701. Bo Nix had 3,593. So it's about, we'll see, about 108 more yards. But Bo Nix rushed for 510 yards. Sam Hartman only had 129. So if you look at total offense, Bo Nix last year had 4,103 yards of total offense. And Sam Hartman last season had, um, he had 3,000 and, 
830. So he averaged 319.2 per game. But see, Bo Nix was at 315.6. So if you got to remember, Sam Hartman, is, as, as the ESPN article stated, missed the first game of the year because of the blood clot issue he had uh, during fall camp. And, and so if you look at yards per game, Bo Nix had a higher amount of yards per game, or he had a higher uh, total of yards per game, 319.2 compared to 315.6. But it doesn't take away from the year that Bo Nix had. I thought Bo did some really good things for uh, I did some really good things for Oregon. I think that he obviously I think their team was better last year. Oregon was a better team than Wake Forest was last year, and Bo Nix was a big part of that. Neither team did great down the stretch. If you look at sort of the teams that they played similarly, and Bo Nix last year obviously played against North Carolina. He had 205 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. He had six rushing yards in that game. Uh, Sam Hartman last year against North Carolina uh, was, was more productive in his game in North Carolina. He had 320 passing yards, four touchdowns, and one pick, and then he rushed for 12 yards. So significantly better game. The difference is, is Bo Nix's team beat North Carolina and Sam Hartman's didn't. So you have to uh, you have to look at that as well. But that's that, those are kind of the reasons why I think I think a lot of what Bo Nix did was, uh, you know, the system that he played against and and the defenses he played against are things that I would say maybe should keep him out of my top five, but you could make the same case for Sam Hartman who played in the ACC and played in a system that was very uh, quarterback friendly as well. So it really comes down to what your preference is. And for me, the reason I went with Sam Hartman is because of the track record and Sam Hartman has a much better track record. Bo Nix is the, of the top 10 ESPN had Bo Nix is the second most prolific uh, from a, 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 a passing yard standpoint and a total offense standpoint. Actually, he was, He's third most prolific total offense. Uh, no, yes, he. I'm sorry, I, I did the math wrong here. He's definitely the second most prolific uh, behind Sam Hartman and significantly behind Sam Hartman. But especially touchdowns-wise, it's 100, 100 for Bo Nix, 127. But Sam Hartman for his career has been much better. In the year in 2021, as I mentioned before, Sam Hartman had a, a tremendous year uh, for Wake Forest, passing for 4,228 yards and 39 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He rushed for 363 yards and 11 touchdowns. Interestingly, his numbers, you look at 327.9 yards per game, you know, weren't significantly better than his numbers last year. He just played two more games, played 14 games. Uh, this past season, if Sam Hartman would have played uh, 14 games like he did the year before, he would have passed, obviously. he Well, even if he only would have played one more game, just uh, not miss the opener and and kept the same passing yard numbers that he had, he would have passed for over 4,000 yards last year, 4,009, in fact, and would have had over 40 touchdowns. So I think you can make the case there. But I would strongly advocate for Sam Hartman being over Jordan Travis. I think the Bo Nix one is a little bit more debatable, in my opinion. So I think I think someone could, could make a case for Bo Nix. I could make a case for Bo Nix ahead, although I would go Sam Hartman because of the career. So that's where Sam Hartman is on my list is or, or my thoughts on sort of this list for ESPN on where Sam Hartman should rank. The rest of the list was interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought having Michael Penix over Drake May was interesting. I don't I don't agree with that. I think, Michael, if you look at their passing production last season, it's very comparable in total numbers 
Although when, when you look at it, it's the, the total numbers are, are in part due to the fact that uh, uh, Drake may played more games because he played in the conference championship game. So uh, when you look at North Carolina's season last year, Drake may uh, passed for uh, 4,321 yards, which is a, a heck of a season. And he uh, passed for 30 or 38 touchdowns, which again is a really, really impressive season for, for Drake may. But the thing about Drake May is he's so productive on the ground as well. He had 698 rushing yards. And on the season, he averaged 358.5 total yards per game. If you look at Michael Penix last year, he had more passing yards, uh, 4,641 compared to 4,321 for Drake May. We did it in one fewer game. Drake May had more touchdowns, 38, and and, uh, he had 38 touchdown passes and seven interceptions uh, on 517 attempts. Michael Penix had 31 touchdowns and eight interceptions on 554 attempts. Uh, Penix had four rushing touchdowns, only 92 yards. As, as I mentioned, Drake May had 698. Total yards per game, uh, Michael Penix was about a little under six yards more per game. And so you look at it, here's what it comes down to for me. I'm comfortable putting Michael Penix at number three. He was brilliant last season. I was a big Michael Penix fan. He looked like the guy we saw in 2020 before the injuries, you know, the guy that just went on the road and passed. He ripped up Michigan in that 2020 season, threw for 342 yards and went over Michigan, went on the road, threw for over 300 yards against Michigan State, went on the road, for threw for 491 yards against Ohio State, and then a week later got hurt. Comes back in 2021, he's a shell of himself, just not the same player. Starts to kind of get going a little bit and has a, a really productive game in a win over Western Kentucky, and then the next week he gets hurt, gets hurt again against Penn State. So the question for him last year was, is he going to be able to be healthy? Well, he was, and he had over 300 passing yards in his first eight games, then in a win over a really good Oregon State team. If you remember, uh, Caleb Williams struggled against Arizona, Oregon State's pass defense last year as well. Uh, you look at uh, Michael Penix threw for 298 yards that game and a touchdown. Then the next week he goes in, in, a, in a win on the road against Oregon, throws for 408, only has 229 against Colorado because he didn't he only played about a half of football. They won that game 54 to seven. And the season on the road with a big win at Washington State, he throws for 485 yards and three touchdowns, and he throws for 287 yards and a couple scores in the win over Texas, although he was very inefficient in that game. 287 yards came off 54 attempts. So he threw a ton of passes, but the reason that I, I think you can make a case for even Sam Hartman being over Michael Penix, but especially Drake May is, you know, Drake May had a, a, a good supporting cast. Josh Downs, obviously very good, good receiving core. The running back group was, was mediocre. The offensive line was mediocre and the defense was atrocious. And you look at Washington, a more balanced team, not a great rushing team, but a more balanced team in my opinion, but more so he had great, so just, re- I mean, North Carolina had good weapons as well, but Washington's were excellent. And I think as you project into this season, something that really helps Washington and and where I think you can make a case for him being ahead of Drake May, and this is this is why I say I'd have Drake May ahead, but I can understand the the, the desire to put Michael Penix there is because Drake May loses his two best receivers and his offensive coordinator. Everybody comes back for Washington. I mean, all their best receivers come back. Uh, Jalen McMillan, a, a name that Notre Dame fans should know, Notre Dame 
coveted him big time. He, he's coming back. He had 79 catches for 1,098 yards and nine scores last year. Roma Dunze is coming back. He had 75 catches for 1,145 yards last year, seven touchdowns. Uh, you're getting both of those guys back. Washington Jack or Giles Jackson, excuse me, is is coming back next year. They got uh, Jeremy Bernard, who's a receiver that's transferring in from uh, from Penn or excuse me from Michigan State. And they had another couple of commitments. So they lost their starting running back, who was just okay. Wayne Tula Papa from Virginia, he was okay. He had 887 yards, 11 touchdowns. Cameron Davis comes back, who had 13 rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, but they're also getting some some transfers that I really like in in that 2023 team as well. Uh, obviously, as we already mentioned, they have a lot of talent coming back. But then they went out on the portal and they beefed up their offensive weapons even more. And, and you look at the guys they brought in. Uh, they brought in Dylan Johnson, who's a running back who caught a lot of passes at Mississippi State last year. They brought in Daniel Ngata, who's transferring in from from Arizona State. So that's two running backs. So they should should be just fine. Uh, next season at, at running back should actually be better with the, the kid they have coming back who had a lot of touchdowns and also bring those other two kids. And the thing I like about uh, bringing in uh, the running back, in my opinion, when, when you look at Dylan Johnson, he was a you know good, good rotation guy last year at Mississippi state averaged 5.5 yards per carry, but you know, coming from the Mississippi state offense, he caught 48 passes last year. So he catches a lot of the ball, out a lot of the backfield, which should help this offense a little bit. And then they added a tight end uh, from Cal Poly, Josh Cuevas, who comes in as well. So you're going to have a lot of a lot of talent around uh, around Michael Penix. So that that's why I'm actually I'm actually okay with ESPN having Michael Penix number two, but I would personally put Drake May number two. And that's kind of how I have their list. So let's just kind of compare their list to my list. So I, I spent some time on this, really thought through. Caleb Williams, number one, I'm good with it. I have Drake May, number two, Michael Penix, number three. Um, I'm not going to bang on them too much for that. I, I mean, I, I I understand, especially if you're projecting what they're going to be in 2023, which is, I mean, how you should look at this list. I, I'm making the case off of Drake May last year, but if you look at the supporting cast, Michael Penix is going to have a much better supporting cast this year. So I, I'm, I'm comfortable somebody wants to make that projection this season with uh, with Michael Penix. Number four, they had Bo Nix. I have Sam Hartman. I have Jordan Travis, number five, where they also had him, and then I have Bo Nix, number six. So that four, five, and six, me and ESPN has the same. Um, so four and five as I do. Uh, or four, five, six, and four, five, and six. They have three of the same guys that I have there. The only difference is at number six they have Cameron Rising. But basically, you know, Sam Hartman, Jordan Travis, Bo Nix. We all kind of seen a similar conversation. I I stated earlier I would not argue with you if you wanted to have Bo Nix ahead. I'm going with Sam Hartman because I think he's going to have a much better supporting cast this year. And the fact that the career wise, there's just there's more evidence that he he last year wasn't a, a fluky year for him. Uh, you, you could say where maybe for Bo Nix, you could say, hey, maybe, you know, maybe he benefited from being in a new league and teams didn't know him that well. And, and you know, is he going to be able to repeat that success in, in, in this next season? I think those are fair questions. I, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, but if you if you look at Bo down the stretch last year, teams if teams figured him out uh, that, you know, we didn't see it. And if you look at the production against Oregon State team I talked about before of the group of Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, and Bo Nix, Bo Nix had the best game against them, and it was the last regular season game of the year. Now, Oregon State won, but Bo was very productive in that game. So I, I don't think there was a moment where you felt like the league figured him out. So usually if that's going to happen, then it's going to happen later in the year. You'll start to see it later in the year. 
So I'm okay with that. Uh, look at the rest of my list. I have Jaden Daniels from LSU at number seven. Uh, ESPN had him at number nine. I had Riley Leonard, or excuse me, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas at number eight. I had Riley Leonard at number nine and Frank Harris at number 10 from UTSA. Riley Leonard's from Duke. Now ESPN had JJ McCarthy at number eight, Jaden Daniels from LSU at number nine, and Jalen Daniels from Kansas at number 10. Let me, let me explain to you why I don't agree with, with those rankings. I don't understand. I'm okay with Jaden Daniels at number seven. It's obviously at number nine. I actually have Jaden Daniels up a little higher. I think he's a really dynamic run throw guy. He's going to be going into year two of Mike Denbrock's offense. He's going to have a really good supporting cast. Uh, I think I think Jaden Daniels is a very good football player and had some really big moments for them last year. Passed for 2,900 yards, rushed for almost 900 yards. I think his touchdown production is going to go up a bunch. So I, I'm projecting him to be a little bit better. I have KJ Jefferson there next. KJ had 2,648 passing yards last year and 640 rushing yards and 33 total touchdowns last season. You compare that to JJ McCarthy from Michigan, who had 2,719 yards. Uh, uh, KJ Jefferson had 0.4 more yards per attempt. JJ McCarthy rushed for 308 rushing yards last year and had 27 total touchdowns. And he also played in two more games. Than actually more than two more games because K.J. Jefferson actually got hurt last year. So if you look at K.J. Jefferson and you look at the production he had, he did what he did in 11 games, whereas J.J. McCarthy did what he did in 14 games. And K.J. had to carry that team. And when K.J. was hurt, that offense just kind of imploded down the stretch. And, and you look at the game that they played without him, without him against Mississippi State that scored 17 points. He comes back the next two weeks. They score 52 against BYU. They score 41 against Auburn. He gets hurt and misses the LSU game. They lose 10 to 13. He comes back. They score 42 points against Mississippi, scored 55 in a bowl game against Jalen Daniels. Now, in that bowl game, Jalen had a lot of yards. He threw for over 500 yards. So, okay, that's, that's good. He threw for over 500 yards. But part of the reason he threw for over 500 yards is because uh, they were getting destroyed at halftime. And so, in the second half, uh, you, you look at that, you look at that game and, and, um, of course, you've got to throw the ball a ton because your team is getting blown out. It was 31 to 13 at halftime. So Arkansas is coming out in the second half, kind of controlling the clock, managing the clock. And Jalen Daniels has to come out, throws 55 passes. He, he, he throws for 544 yards. K.J. Jefferson only, only quote-unquote, only passed for 287 yards. They had the same yards per attempt. And then K.J. Jefferson had uh, 130 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So he, so he had four touchdowns on his own. And, again, that's with them – sort of you know, at least in the second half having a, a strategy I don't necessarily agree with where they weren't running their same offense. Uh, it cost them to a degree because Kansas ended up scoring 18 points in the fourth quarter and tying the game up and sending it overtime. And and then obviously they, they, they turned AJ KJ Jefferson back up and they go into overtime and KJ throws a 20 yard or runs for a 20 yard touchdown pass and then he has his two point conversion in the the third the second over third overtime was was good so he ended up winning the game for him so I, I love KJ Jefferson I think he's a heck of a quarterback I think he's a very very underrated national quarterback uh, to me if you look at projection and production in recent seasons KJ has to be in there I mean this is a kid with five thousand eight hundred sixteen career passing yards this is a kid with fourteen over fourteen hundred career rushing yards he's been over six hundred each of the last two years and he's got sixty seven touchdowns compared to Jalen Daniels, who has only 300 and who has barely over 4,000 career total yards and only 39 
total touchdowns. So there's just, to me, there's no reason to have Jalen Daniels as fun as he is to watch over KJ Jefferson. Uh, Riley Leonard's another kid that I have in there that I think Riley Leonard is an incredibly underrated quarterback for Duke last season. Did a great job in his first year as a starter. Uh, obviously helped a Duke team that was just abysmal the year before. Really improves the team. Uh, Duke in 2021, the year before Mike Elko arrived, went 3-9. and nine. They lost their last eight games. And the only game that they had that was by single digits was a uh, four-point home loss to Georgia Tech. They lost by 31 to Carolina, 48 to Virginia, 38 to Wake, uh, 25 to Pitt, 31 to Virginia Tech, 40 to Louisville, and then 37 to Miami. And you come out the next year, Mike Elko's the new head coach. You have Riley Leonard in his first year as a starting quarterback, and they go 9-4. and four. And, and Riley Leonard was a big reason for that. He's a very good run-throw quarterback. You know, look, outdueled Sam Hartman, if we're going to be honest, in a 34-31 to 31 win uh, over Wake Forest. And, you know, Sam Hartman had his fair share of numbers as well. Sam threw for uh, 347 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception, threw 42 times. Sam did very well that game. Uh, but uh, Riley Leonard was excellent. He completed 70% of his passes, 391 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he also rushed for 15 yards in that game. Uh, so, you know, look, the kid is the kid is a heck of a player. Uh, he, he, he didn't they didn't always rely on him. He didn't have to carry that team all the time. You know, they were able to go on the road and blow up Miami. He only passed for 136 yards in that game, although he did run for 61 and, and three scores. You know, he could do things with his legs. You know, and he had his fair share of bad games as well. Really bad game against Georgia Tech in the game they lost. Uh, so, but I thought he played great. They went on the road and almost beat Kansas. Riley Leonard threw for 324 yards in that game and a touchdown, averaged 9.3 per attempt. Also rushed for 54 yards in that game. Uh, Jalen Daniels was really good in that game as well. Uh, but uh, I just, I just thought Riley Leonard was the better player. Jalen was great though in that game. I really like Riley Leonard, and he showed that he can be healthy. He can stay healthy for an entire season, and Jalen did not do that. And then my number 10 guy is a kid I really like that 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 was not also I was surprised was not on that list. And that's Frank Harris from Texas San Antonio, UTSA. I know he's a Conference USA guy, but if you have not watched this kid, he's a lot of fun to watch. He had 4,063 passing yards last year, 32 touchdowns, nine interceptions, also rushed for 602 yards and nine touchdowns. You're talking about a kid that had almost 4,700 yards of offense and over 40 touchdowns. I think he's a really good football player. And did some really nice things against some of the bigger schools that he played against. You know, didn't have a lot of help against Texas, but still threw for 222 yards, uh, rushed for 38 yards in that game, played really well against Houston in a really close loss, 337 yards uh, passing and three touchdowns. Also added 63 rushing yards and a touchdown in that game. Uh, I, I think the kid's a lot of fun to watch. I think you could argue that some other guys could be ahead of him. For me, I, I like having him in there because I, I think he's a really exciting player. And I think if you put him on a team with better talent, I think he would he would be a heck of a quarterback. So I, that's where I have Frank Harris. So that's, that's my top 10. I have Caleb Williams from USC, number one. Drake May from Carolina, number two. Michael Penix from Washington, number three. Sam Hartman from Notre Dame at number four. Jordan Travis from Florida State, number five. Bo Nix. From Oregon, number six, Jaden Daniels from LSU, number seven, J KJ Jefferson from Arkansas, number eight, Riley Leonard from Duke, number nine, and then Frank Harris from UTSA, number 10. So that is my list. That is my reasoning for it. And that is a reason, a lot of the reason why I'm really excited about this team this year is I really feel 
like Notre Dame has a chance to be a really, really good football team this year. They have a quarterback. They have actually, I'd say, multiple quarterbacks that can be really dynamic playmakers in different ways. I, I love the upcoming supporting cast that this group has. And I just think this is going to be a fun season. I, I don't expect the defense to take a big step back, but it really just comes down to it is it's been a while since we've been able to go into a season and have a quarterback that you could argue is one of the five best quarterbacks in college football. And I think that's where a lot of my excitement comes from for Notre Dame heading into 2023. So I hope you enjoyed that show. Just a cool little scheduling note tomorrow, Thursday, or excuse me, Wednesday, they have Notre Dame has changed their practice schedule. So they are actually going to allow us to have a practice availability tomorrow. And we actually get 10 periods. Whereas before we only had one availability left. It was going to be on Friday. We're only going to get five periods. So they're hooking us up, which I appreciate. They're going to let us get a little bit more of the practice. It's about half of the practice. So we won't like see a lot of team and stuff like that, most likely. But we're going to get to see some one-on-one and, and a little bit more than we normally get to see. So tomorrow we will have uh, we will do a show probably around 2 tomorrow. So we'll have the practice we'll get to. We'll have some content coming out from that on my practice reports. And then I have a doctor's appointment because I have uh, there's a little issue with my eye that I have to get looked at tomorrow. And so that's at 12.10. Once that's over with, I'm going to hustle back and we're going to do the show around 2 o'clock. So we'll break down practice, talk about what we saw. Then Thursday, I'm hoping to have a special guest with us on Thursday at our normal time at 1 o'clock. And then Friday, we will be back for the Notre Dame football mailbag at 1 o'clock as well. So hope you enjoyed this discussion. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this Share this uh, this podcast with folks. If you have not done so, please subscribe to the CFP Nation channel as well. And since this is going to only be out on the podcast app, I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you all would leave us a five-star review. I'd very much appreciate that. It helps us really continue to spread the word about this Irish Breakdown podcast. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Some really good discussion going on over there as well. So thanks for being with me today. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.